Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs, and uh, this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, well, we gave you an update on the search for the Boy Scouts who were sitting pitch side at the 66 World Cup. We've been able to play our part in uh, tracking uh, one of them down. So you'll hear from him and his chat with Jeff Hurst. Martin Kellner joined us with a week of sport on TV. We had a brief chat with Mike, uh, Mike sorry, um, Mike, Mike Ward. That's it. How soon forgotten about the non-sporting TV this weekend. So all that and Andy and I rabbiting on. Plus stick around at the end. We'll bring you an extra clip that Andy spotted. Uh, so uh, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Lovely to see you. Before we get into the meat of the conversation, um, we're delighted to have some live sport on this afternoon. And um, I I hope England play well, but if they don't, as you know, when Andy's watching England cricket live, <laughs> it can often be more entertaining if it goes wrong. So I'm almost willing to forfeit this first T20 for, for Andy's meltdown. No, but I'm set up away from the telly, so I'm not going to be looking at it during the thing. You can't, you're I not, can't it, concentrate on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, thankfully, uh, we've got Sam Allard to guide us through the whole thing this afternoon. As Fletcher just said, England have won the toss. They're going to have a bowl. Good afternoon, Sam. Yeah, very good afternoon. What a series we have in store here. Just seven months out from England's opening match of the T20 World Cup. England ranked top of the T20 rankings. have lost only two of their past 10 T20 internationals. India ranked second, have lost only one over the same period of time. Owen Morgan won the toss, has chosen to bowl. And there's good news for England. Jofra Archer has passed fit. He plays. So the England team is Butler and Roy. They'll open at three. Is the number one ranked batsman in T20 cricket, David Milan, Bairstow, Stokes, Morgan, Curran, Jordan, Rashid, Archer, Wood, England for the first time this winter at full strength. There is no Moen Ali. He misses out. That means England go with just one frontline spinner. As for India, the experienced Rohit Sharma, he misses out. He's being rested. So it's K.R. Ayul and Shikhar Darwan at the very top. Cody at three. Ayer, Pant, 
Pandya, Patel, Sundar, Kumar, Chahal and Takur. There is no Jasprit Bumrah for India. He'll miss the series as India look to manage his workload. So Owen Morgan has been granted his strongest team and it may be the last time he enjoys that privilege before the World T20. Given the packed schedule, it represents a brilliant opportunity to fine-tune tactics and strategy in conditions that will be very similar to those in seven months' time at the World Cup. It should be a cracking match in a brilliant series with some of the very best players on display. There is ball-by-ball ball commentary on TalkSport 2 in 22 minutes' time. England have won the toss and they're going to bowl. Thanks, Sam. Back to you later. Gets underway at 1.30 and uh, we'll be making regular visits to Sam throughout the afternoon. And uh, what do you make of the team, Andy? Uh, yeah, I think both teams very, very strong. Yeah, India, we yeah. talked to, we talked to Cheat and Naruli yesterday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. India, I mean, obviously because of the IPL, they're yeah. a very strong T20 yeah, side. So aren't they? Don't forget a lot of those English players play in the IPL. Yeah, they and do. They match okay. up their Indian counterparts. Yeah. I think it'll be a great series. And should I think it should be closer than the... We can't lose in two days because it's, <laughs> it's only three and a half hours. We can't lose so in three and a half hours, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, shock news from Bramall Lane, and I've been thinking about it, actually. Sheffield United, they're going to need a manager who's good in the low leagues and, and can help them get straight back. Yeah. Oh, I know. What about Chris Wilder? He's, good. he's available. I've heard he's, he's very good. good. Brilliant job at Northampton as well, so I think he'd be a, he'd be a cracking appointment. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about you. It drives me mad, this. I feel any manager, like for example, say Thomas Frank, if he gets Brentford up this year, he might as well leave. Because Brentford probably won't have a great first season in the Premier League. It's incredibly mm. difficult for teams that come up. Yeah. You're right, well, Chris Wilder well. did. That's the thing. Yeah, he had a did. brilliant first but season. But then you, but you often, you know, it's so short-sighted. Yeah. I think, you know, I think, I, you I think the right. I think. I know I, the fan, I heard the fans on Jim. Then, yeah. as usual, and, they, uh, they, they wanted yeah. to go. But I, I think they. I think that you know Charlie Webster was just saying he was a Blades fan that mm. that there is you know there, maybe it was a bit of a two-way street. There were frustrations with Chris Wilder as well, and he felt he didn't maybe get the backing that he should have done but anyway we'll discuss that with uh, Mark from the Tufty Club uh, podcast very shortly um, a couple of things to get the listeners Tufty Club well exactly yeah, yeah. Well, that with the first question obviously a um, couple of things to get the listeners involved with uh, one week we mentioned, mentioned yesterday with Max and it kind of has to be today but the two Papa John's finals in two days whoever wins on Saturday is going to be the shortest lived reign isn't it? You oh, would yeah, think in yeah. football history. They're basically going to be yeah. the Papa John's winners for 24 hours and then yeah, they'll be handing the title over to somebody else. I mean, in the yeah. records, it'll say it was a year. But in reality, yeah. it's 24 hours. So uh, we're interested to hear from you this afternoon. Short-lived reigns. Um, it's pretty open-ended. If uh, if you've got anything for us, we'll, we'll certainly take it, uh, sporting or otherwise. And also today, this was a bit of a shocker, facts you don't know about Premier League managers part 103. Dean Smith, the uh, manager of Aston Villa, mm. was the West Midlands school's chess champion, don't you know? Yes. And there's their new it. TV show on uh, Villa TV. <laughs> yeah, the Dean's Gambit. The Dean's Gambit, of course, <laughs> oh, which would be, <laughs> be made look great with that incredibly <laughs> fetching bob. Um, so, so, yeah, we're interested to hear from you. If, I mean, if you've taken on Dean at... Uh, chess even better mm. if you were the runner-up in the West Midlands Schools Chess Championship we'd love to hear did he get inside your head I mean it's the strategy of football and the strategy of chess <laughs> how often people say it's like a game of chess so talking of mm-hmm. say, talking of getting inside people's head I was laughing last night I could not believe the birthday spread yesterday oh yeah <laughs> you absolutely I think, honestly Max I, Max when Moose came on he, 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 he was spent he was emotionally <laughs> And mentally so spent funny. because he th- he had it in his grasp. 
And, he did. And All he, he had to he, do was go one either side of you, and you well, talked he, well, him there out was, of it. Well, there and was I'm one case there when he had to, to go first. That was the thing. Yeah, That's but, why we alternate. So <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. But there, yeah. at that point with Pocock, he could have he could have just gone. You went first, and he could have gone second. But he could have gone close to you, but he didn't, and he mm. paid the price. It's he very, did. Very, very funny. Uh, I was reading about um, Vinnie Jones. Uh, Columnist was writing about Vinnie Jones's new ad. I don't mm. know if you've seen uh, an ad for aftershave. Yes, I and have. He said yeah. at the end, the, he, the bloke said, "I wouldn't splash that stuff." all over myself even if I was on fire I was thinking you haven't thought <laughs> this through have you? Yeah, not a great idea <laughs> not that's not, not the first idea. thing to reach for basically if you're on fire <laughs> quick <laughs> boring go and get me the aftershave yeah <clears throat> that'll put it out and uh, finally, before we move on, <clears throat> Grimsby striker Linnell John Lewis. I was oh, yeah. reading about him. I've yeah. seen him, yeah. He's, have you? His transfer value has really held up well, of course. Exactly. Yes. He's never near yes, exactly. Yes, I did see that story. It was quite interesting. They, and they, but they've embraced it, his teammates. I know. They call, his nickname is The Shop. <laughs> the I thought shop. maybe because he always <laughs> delivers, or well, that wouldn't really work, wouldn't it? No, not really. It kind of does. You well, know, John Lewis well, has online. got a very healthy uh, <laughs> online presence. Although, I'm well, not... I'm sure, moment, I'm sure that's not all the talk in the Grimsby dressing room. But, uh, but they did a spoof TV ad, the Grimsby website. I have to ask uh, Lloyd Griffith oh, a minute, speak to him about it. Uh, built around uh, uh, Lennon, uh, John Lewis. But anyway, uh, that's that's by the by. Yeah. So anyway, to get in touch this afternoon, short-lived reigns and taking on the stars outside their comfort zone, whether it's Dean Smith at uh, chess or maybe anybody in the world of sport and entertainment, that, uh, well, mainly sport, I would say, because it's competitive, that you've taken on in a sport that probably isn't their own. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. You're telling us about short-lived reigns this afternoon because um, Portsmouth play Salford City uh, tomorrow in the EFL Trophy final, um, and they'll be champions, whoever wins that, for, uh, well, 24 hours because Sunderland played Tranmere Rovers because it was held over because of the virus. So short-lived reigns we're asking you about, and this, this turns a bit dark, unfortunately, for Stephen in Lisbon. Um, I, I broke the speed record for drinking four pints in my local. I was very proud of myself and understandably went to the toilet after I'd completed it. Um, I returned to find my time was beaten by four seconds by another local. <laughs> Worse for wear, I didn't go to work the next day and ended up getting sacked. Oh, oh Stephen, no. that's a God, terrible story. story. I was like, you know, it was quite nice until then. It brought me down. But anyway, oh, thank dear. you. Thank you for reliving it. Uh, also, uh, this afternoon, our old mate uh, Crackers has uh, been in touch uh, occasional yeah. before he moved to... Uh, to um, the Canary Islands. He was our man outside the Spurs training ground on deadline day. He said, uh, you were talking about uh, uh, Dean Smith, the Villa manager, being the West Midlands School's chess champion. We were quite interested in hearing about taking on the stars outside their comfort zone. Well, Crackers does a lot of these Tottenham Legends evenings, and he said, we were heading to Cumbria on the train, and to alleviate the boredom, uh, I thought I would take on Mark Falco in a general knowledge quiz. So we got the app <laughs> okay. out, and he said, yeah. as I'd made the cut to go on uh, ITV's The Chase, I fancied my chances against a former professional footballer. Well, Cracker says, um, Mark Falco absolutely wiped the floor with me. And the real killer <laughs> was his final question, considering this is an app, that he said, uh, who sang the 1980s pop hit Rock Me Amadeus? Falco, of course. Um, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and he, but then uh, a little dig in the ribs. I know uh, Mark listens now and again. He said, quizzing was much more his comfort zone than playing Bayern Munich in the UEFA Cup. No need for that, Ooh, crackers. Crackers. No need for that. <laughs> but thank you very much for that, yeah, yeah. 
Sam Ellard, who's uh, doing the uh, cricket and stuff. Like, every time I hear his name, I want to call him Sam Ellardice. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Other short-lived not. reigns. My short-lived reign did Greco-Roman wrestling in the US. It was eighth grade, year nine in the UK, says David. And I set the school record for a uh, pinfall victory of seven seconds. Very next match, my teammate set the record of six seconds. Still gutted. So that is pretty short-lived. Anyway, uh, we can check in with Sam Ooh. because there's been an early wicket for England yeah breakthrough for England India 2 for 1 in the second over K.R. Raul the batsman to be dismissed Jofra Archer with the wicket a full delivery wide outside the off stump Raul looked to smack the ball through the covers inside edge trying to hit the top of his off stump that brings to the crease the India captain Virat Kohli he's alongside Shikhar Darwan who's one not out Darwan preferred to Rohit Sharma who's being rested for this match in the early part of this series. Adil Rashid, for the first time ever in a T20 international, took the new ball for England. Archer into the attack, into the attack, and the MVP of the IPL with an important early breakthrough for England. India two for one into the second over. Good start, Andy. Yeah, good. That's a lot, lot of initials at the MVP of the IPL. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah, very good start. But, you know, we were saying before the game started, Archer, you know, is one of the best bowlers in the IPL. You know, sure. we have got some. These two teams could easily get to the final of the yeah. World T20. I'm looking at some Think of the about... products I want to buy, Andy. Well, I'm de- well, as soon as I get home, I'm going to <laughs> yeah. order some Ambuja cement <laughs> because they seem are. very prominent <laughs> on the perimeter. So uh, if I'm buying cement, I'm buying Ambuja cement. I don't know about you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Like, if I'm buying but... gas, I'm buying Gazprom gas, even though <laughs> I can't technically get it. I'm going to run no, a quite exactly, elaborate pipeline exactly right. to Russia. Uh, I was quite intrigued by this letter to The Sun recently uh, about uh, football and holidays. It says, how can you offer to hold a football tournament but tell people it may not be possible to have a holiday? If people can travel to a stadium with tens of thousands of people, how can you stop them going on holiday? And it came from Keith Thompson. So I don't know if it's Thompson Holidays. <laughs> a bit of a vested interest. <laughs> yeah, it could be, yeah. Now, this, what about, yeah. this has got to be made into a, a, a film or a TV series. This is a story from, it's amazing, it's not particularly sport-related. German police say they've solved a nine-year-old burglary after DNA found on a half-eaten piece of sausage matched that of a man detained in France over an unrelated crime. So it's almost like a... a, Not they ever will, because it's a brilliant series, but have they ever run out of ideas on our old mate Sanjeev Bhaskar's Unforgotten? (laughs) Suddenly an old piece of sausage could turn up, which... uh, What about that? In his backpack. Yeah, it could be in his backpack. Yeah, they've been brilliant, those uh, the pictures of what the uh, crew have been putting in there. Police in the western town of Schwelm said yesterday that the sausage belonged to the victim and the suspect, 30-year-old Albanian citizen, has helped himself to a bite during the break-in. But police said the suspect may escape punishment as the statute of limitations on the burglary has expired. (laughs) I didn't think that would be the case. If you've got the sausage and the sausage matches his DNA, (laughs) put him away for what he did. But I think (laughs) it would be called something like worst-case scenario, wouldn't it? It would be something like that. I'm going to get that. I'm getting that made, Andy. I'm going to get the sausage and get it made. Yeah. Uh, pub- uh, the Daily Star have had a picture today of the. You know, we were talking about them last week. The world's biggest shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, they are. Have you seen the photo? I've they not. not so I'm going to have to, I have to find them, Andy. Oh, they are big, aren't they? Yeah, I can you're showing to me now. Yeah, what? What are <laughs> they for? They're not for clowning, are they? Or give us an idea of how big they are. Can do you know? Can three you foot t- four, apparently. Three well, foot four. They cost uh, eighty quid. It's not bad. You get plenty of shoe for your money. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, and okay. uh, it would be good for cricketers. Every ball would be a no ball, wouldn't it? It'd be very hard to be behind the pop increase with those on. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. And uh, oh, good old Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He does love. 
love to hark back. He's been, I've decided he's a bit like Fred Truman. He yeah. loves to say in my day, you know, he sort of, he, he basically talking about the fact that Milan scored in injury time and he went, their goal's a header from six yards. Uh, he could have saved it, of course. I've seen them saved, but I'm disappointed. But then again, I've been part of a team that has scored in injury time. Yes, we know you have. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> talking of that, we um, find Yorkshireman. Um, there was some lovely bit of footage on the Beeb earlier on of, of Dickie Bird. Did you see it? Um, no. He's talking about how much he struggled during lockdown. He's been a year living on his own. But he, I tell you what, you know, it's quite, we, haven't, we haven't seen, we haven't spoken to Dickie for about five or six years, and we haven't seen much of him since he's retired. That's no, true, yeah. And uh, he looked, he, he looked in fine federal. He's been running around his garden, keep himself sharp, trying to get out as much as he can, keep himself yeah. fit. But he did. He looked for a guy that you know, said that mentally it's been tough over the last year. So it was good to see him. He was in good shape. What if he sits in front of old cricket videos like giving decisions? <laughs> <laughs> when there's an appeal, you up, I wonder well, if a cricket, if an old, um, if you're an umpire, do you do that? If you're watching cricket uh, on the tee, if you are some kind of official in any sport, do you find yourself putting your hand to your mouth, even though you haven't got the whistle there? Even if you whistle <laughs> on a Sunday morning, do you find yourself putting your hand to your mouth, or do you go for your card? Start flagging. When you see a yellow card, tag, you must have been busy in that Zagreb game last night. But when you see, does your hand go to your pocket? And well, I'm not on. I'm off. I didn't realise. <laughs> so uh, let us know if you're an official and uh, you do yeah. find yourself getting into the moment, even when you're not involved in the game. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, we spoke earlier on uh, this week, myself and Max, to the uh, ma- the people who are restoring the 1966 World Cup final uh, match. And it's looking brilliant. It's done by the same people uh, over in New Zealand that did such wonderful work on the uh, First World War movie a short while ago, oh, you would yeah, have seen. Brilliant. It's absolutely superb work. So um, uh, we asked about these four Boy Scouts that are sitting on the touchline, and uh, the makers uh, were trying to track them down. Well, uh, the word went out on TV and radio, and thankfully uh, one has emerged. So joining us now uh, to tell us what it was like sitting on the touchline back in '66, Keith Waldron. Good afternoon, Keith. Good afternoon. Nice well, to speak to you. It's an amazing story. It's great that mm. um, that, you, that you resurfaced and, uh, and and get a chance to tell your story. Our feeling last week was that you may have been ball boys, but we've subsequently discovered you were you were photographers, runners, weren't you? Taking film back to the press office. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it was. We missed a couple of minutes of the game, but we had ringside view, so it was perfect opportunity for us. Did did any of you miss the the big moment? Were you all there for the Jeff Hurst goal? Uh, no, we didn't. We we were well poised for that one, and in in some of the earlier clips, we are seen all jumping up and down and cheering. And from where we were, it looked like a goal. But then the angle we had, the ball was obviously going to go past the post. But um, it was interesting. I had a long chat with Jeff yesterday. Hmm. Um, I mean, it was such a pleasure, a national hero, but such a genuinely nice person. But we had a long chat, and everybody talks about that controversy and that goal, but nobody seems to talk about the handball goal the Germans scored. Mm. And I mean, I mentioned this to, to Jeff that we saw a handball in the lead up, and he said, again, nobody ever commented it apart from the England players, and that one seems to have been swept under the, under the carpet. Mm. But from where we were, there was a definite handball in the build up. 
which nobody talks about. No. It do, you were able to tell, Jeff, that in your, yeah, in your eyes and your, and your mates, your scout mates, it had crossed the line. It's odd that this story, Andy and I were talking about this earlier on, it's mm. odd that this story hasn't surfaced before, that you've not been able to tell this story before now. I told the story to all my friends for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of It's funny, since it emerged the other day, I've had so many um, old friends contacting me about it. But, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, the... The best part of the story for me was that at the end of the 90 minutes, extra time was looming. The German cameramen that we were sitting with had run out of film. So I had to dash off and find some more film from some of their colleagues. Mm. Then I got back and Jeff Hurst wanted some chewing gum. He'd run out of chewing gum. And uh, so, again, I legged it to get some chewing gum for him. And the German photographer I got the film for gave me what in those days a two bob bit, you know, 10p in nowadays. Yeah. And he said, buy yourself some sweets. So the sweets I bought was chewing gum for Gordon Bank. So that chewing gum the German photographer paid for. Oh, <laughs> oh well, the there you go. That makes it even sweeter, doesn't it? It's fantastic. It makes, did, but all those mates and family that you told, did none of you ever say to you, you know, you should get in touch with Jeff Hurst or you should get in touch with a newspaper. This is such, it's probably one of the most controversial moments in the history of the game. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it probably was. I mean, but, I mean the, the Russian linesman was on the line himself and he was quite adamant. And from where we were, we were quite adamant, but how much of that was wishful thinking and how much of that was reality probably got lost in your own mind. I mean, I know when you watch a game, Hmm. you get so excited, you assume it. And and in those days, we didn't have the luxury of 96 views of the goal from all different camera angles. It was just the the one quick second view of the linesman and the referee. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm not sure the VAR would have... um, been quite as convincing in those days. No, absolutely I'm sure, not. I'm sure it was a goal. Yeah. Uh, Neil Kennedy-Clark is back as well from Final Replay we're uh, colourising restoring uh, the film this is great Neil that you've managed to track down Keith but we now realise there were eight scouts doing this job on the day so we're, we're still looking for more uh, yes. I, I believe yeah I'm sure there were four was at either end um, yeah but um, yes, we've they got... were, they're all from different um, scout troops in, in the area and, well, it was Brentford and Chiswick in those days yeah. but um Right, so Neil, yeah. uh, Neil, can we, you think, we, we got a chance of finding them? Have you had any yes. leads yet? Yes, well, I mean, it, it's fascinating. We've got, we now realise there are four at each end. So mm. we're about to start restoring the next block of footage. So we're eagerly going to be colouring in the, the four down the other end to see if we can find them too. So there will be eight in total. The leads that we've had so far through, uh, the, through yourselves on TalkSport and a couple of other helpful uh, media uh, outlets mm. uh, is that we've got four names. So Keith, uh, who we're talking to now, is, yep. is obviously the, the lead and, and apparently the fastest runner. So he was the one that went <laughs> to get the chewing gum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other names that we've had are Mike Addison, A-double-D-E-R-S-N, who mm. apparently has emigrated to Canada. So anything right. that we can do to find him would be amazing. Uh, and the next name we had is someone called Stephen West, W-E-S-T. Mm-hmm. Who was in the Harrow Scouts? Right. Uh, we had somebody text us last night to say that they thought he was Scout Number Three, mm-hmm. and then Number Four, someone suggested might be a, a gentleman called Steve Bedder, B E D D E R, but okay. they weren't sure. They thought perhaps he was a ball boy, right. and apparently he works in financial services n- near Oxford. So <laughs> if anyone's heard of that, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> or him, please ask. Well, I'm sure they are. 
Yeah, it's brilliant. The other, so we're hoping that we can find them plus the other four, and we will send you a photograph and, and release it to the media once we've got the the, ne- the, 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 the pictures of the next four. Brilliant. Because obviously if we, can, if we could have, you know, a bird's eye view from both ends uh, of the uh, of the game all the way through. It would be, be uh, pretty fantastic. We're, we are out of time, guys. Lovely to talk to you both again. Keep in touch, yeah, Neil. Great. Well done, Keith. Lovely to hear your story. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. That's uh, Neil Kennedy-Clark from Final Replay and Keith Warden. You recognise any of those names? You know those people. Do get in touch with us. We'll pass it on to Neil and uh, hopefully we'll be telling your story on the show very soon. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Time then to look at a week of sport on TV in the company of uh, Martin Kellner. Martin, I was thinking earlier on, if if you were a professional cricketer and we were as Mm. well, you'd be called (laughs) Kelms. Oh, absolutely. We'd be introducing Kelms because it's not an easy name to... Kelmsy doesn't work, that's football, but Kelms in the world of cricket almost. Well, interesting you should say that, but when I used to play in the odd uh, charity match with the radio station, I was known as El Kel. Oh, El Kel, that's quite good. That was very much of its time, wasn't it, really, in those days? Yes, very much so. So I I can see from your... You always put the list out to your uh, Twitter followers. We've got quite a lot to get through, haven't we, today? You've watched Yeah, we have. Well, I'll start with uh, a rather sweet little documentary on Sky Documentaries called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Right. Now, who doesn't love David Arquette, uh, star of such uh, varied films as Scream 1, Scream 2, and Scream 3? Uh, but, uh, he's, uh, but it's rather a sad little programme, actually, because uh, a lot of it he spends sort of complaining that he's never taken seriously. Uh, what happened, basically, with David Arquette is uh, he was promoting a film around about the year 2000. Mm. Uh, in order to promote the, promote the film, uh, he took part in WCW... Uh, uh, professional wrestling. Yeah. So he became. You know, he was a fan. He was a fan and became a, a, a professional wrestler. Uh, Ric Flair, the Godfather of oh, WCW. Yeah. We've interviewed yeah. Rick, Yeah, in the show. Have you? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I can't, He's a character, isn't he? He is. (laughs) Yes. And he sort of, he took uh, David Arquette, uh, an actor, and promoted him, uh, and eventually he became world champion. David Arquette was the world champion WCW wrestler. But none of the wrestling fans took him seriously. Mm. Uh, Similarly, no movie fans really took him seriously. And he goes through the whole story, and like I say, it is rather sad, because it starts off, and he's in a few indie films, and... He is the name that's sort of picked out amongst lots of Hollywood stars, you know, Tom Cruise, people who were coming up round about that time. Yeah. And he was on the front of Vogue, and he was going to be uh, a hot star, which, to an extent, commercially, of course, he is a hot star. Mm. But there are lots of scenes with uh, Courtney Cox, who, of course, he was married to. He's divorced her now, and he's married a, a woman from Entertainment Tonight. But um, she's in the programme, very funny. There's one scene where she's shouting, at him, David, you're not a wrestler. <laughs> just, just as he's about to go to go into a, into a wrestling gig, uh, and then there's his sister Patricia Arquette, yeah. who's this crazy oh, yeah. artist. Yeah, well, she's done a naked painting, hmm. and when I say a naked painting. 
it's full frontal and it leaves very little to the imagination. Right, okay. And she's, she's wondering where to show it to the camera. And she says, it's a classic quote. She says, what network is this? Can I, can I, can I show this? Is this a penis-friendly environment? <laughs> Which is not a term I've... Uh, no, it's not a phrase you... I'm, I'm not sure used. this show is either, yeah. really. Isn't yeah. it? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's years of being on late at night, you see. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, anything goes. some slack. But so, it's good fun. It's re- it's really it's really good fun. I would recommend it. It sounds hundred percent. Sky it's documentary sounds fun. Yes, um, it is. We we, just, we spoke to our old mate. Oh, sorry. You carry on, Martin. You you do. I was going to say just a yeah. quick line from yeah. uh, Sky, uh, a Sky comedy thing called Ferrell Takes the Field. Hmm. I don't know whether he's talked about. This is Will Ferrell uh, doing a charity gig, trying to play all ten positions on the baseball field at five separate training grounds on the day um, in aid of a cancer charity. And I just think he's so funny when he's deadpan yeah. uh, Will Ferrell and he said uh, you know he mentions what cancer charity it's for and there's but I want to talk to you today about a different cancer the cancer of doubt people doubt him he can do it which uh, I thought was, uh, was a good sort of Will yeah. Ferrell line but I thought yeah. I'd mention that it's worth watching Sky like comedy you say yeah Sky comedy that's still there um, yeah. also uh, Michael Calvin joined us on the show to talk about Owls his new documentary on, on BT Sport that's I'm not saying Owls I'm saying O-U-R-S Owls it's good isn't it it is good. It's a BT Sport film. It's basically about the uh, drawbacks of trying to get a fan-owned team, which, as we know from past history, you know, often goes wrong. Occasionally, is it? I think it's sort of a case of finding the level and maybe making it 51% fans, 49%, which is the German model, isn't it? Uh, and I think that's the conclusion that uh, Michael Calvin and some of the people that he speaks to... He goes to Portsmouth, obviously, which was the first uh, Premier League to go into administration. And I can never fail to get a laugh when they run through the various owners of Portsmouth. Mm. I mean, it just went from bad to worse, to yes. worse, to farcical. I've forgotten the names of all of them. It's a bit like been, there were seven of these sort of uh, different ownerships uh, when Portsmouth was going under. And it was a bit like the Seven Dwarves. You always forget one. Or, uh, <laughs> or, yeah. or the Magnificent Seven. Uh, Horst Buchholz, by the way, is the one that you forget. That's the one you always forget. Yeah, yeah. It, is. Oh, it should right. be foremost yeah. on our brains because that stat always comes up, but he is the one we always do forget. That's true. It is. Um, but yeah, interesting hmm. show. Enjoyed it. That sounds enjoyed good. Uh, yeah, uh, so I, I, did, I did as well. And, and I, also a bit about Berry in it, which you know very yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. very well. My, my rugby league team used to play there, but we, I used to go there quite a lot because yeah. my mate was the commercial director. Uh, how's that going? You've got to feel for it. It's tough, really. Yeah, um, so, it um, tough. tennis, finally, a, a documentary. Finally, tennis. Mm. I know um, Andy's always very disappointed if I don't mention tennis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. a pro- a pro- well, I just thought it was appropriate this week because uh, we had all sorts of people uh, talking heads on American TV saying um, how racist the royal family is or how racist uh, a society uh, the UK is. And then you watch this uh, documentary about tennis, which, of course anywhere in the world is a sort of a very white sport mm. but nowhere was it uh, as white as when uh, Althea Gibson was um, was starting um, she was uh, she was a brilliant uh, tennis player and it, you know and really came from a sharecropper family it wasn't a middle class family in any way whatsoever 
Um, and uh, she was she was a brilliant, you know, because she played aggressively. She played like she meant it. But she went to a sort of tennis boot camp, which was in the deep south. Right. And, you know, she couldn't. You couldn't talk to me. The, the, this uh, black doctor took a lot of black players uh, to play in the Deep South. It's it's a, a great story, and mm. it's a story of overcoming uh, that sort of racism, which uh, we're led to believe doesn't exist in America. Of course, it's a, it's a uniquely British thing, mm. I understand, oh, yes. from interviews I've watched on TV this week. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy that. Nick Baltier is in it and various other people. And uh, yeah. Billy Jean, Jean, Jean King, who I was talking about last week, who I admire so much. She's on this program as well, and it's a great story of over. When you consider what a white tennis player had to overcome in the forties and fifties in in America, and you can understand exactly how inspiring the program is. Really good. So that's it's called Althea. Althea on yeah. Sky documentaries. Yes, Brilliant, Martin. Absolutely. You are back overnight when you have you have the freedom to do oh, your yes. own work from the blue book. <laughs> <laughs> I can say what I like. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh yeah. Martin's back from one a.m. through to. Is it six? I think it's six a.m. I think, isn't it? He's, he's, he's there through the night with you for the next couple of nights. Um, so tune in if you can with extra time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Just time to squeeze in a quick chat with Brighton supporting star TV reviewer for the non-sporting telly, Mike Ward, joins us. Good afternoon, Mike. Hi, guys. We're going to do the pick of uh, 
every day. We're going to kick off uh, with a Netflix show that yep. starts on, was on today, yep. The One, which the is one. another one of these shows looking to find you a perfect partner. There was a similar sort of thing on Amazon Prime with Sarah Snook. Uh, That's right. Which kind of had that same sort of feel to it. Yeah, Soulmates, which uh, yeah. anthology thing, mm. which uh, came onto Amazon uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Very similar idea, this, but by pure coincidence, ne- this is called The One. It's an actual series that's set in the UK and basically unfolds over several episodes, so it gets far more deeply into the characters, but yeah, the same idea and all, all kind of shadowy and sinister and uh, all sorts of dark implications. You take a kind of DNA test, you take you the test and that tells you where the your test. soulmate is and people who are married do it, don't yes. they? I mean, they certainly do in the other one, which oh, yeah. is a little bit weird. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bonkers. It's, I mean, you know, look, it's a good premise for a TV it show, is a but it's interesting. We've got so two. Let's make two. Let's <laughs> make two. That's it. Yeah, how, how unusual. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, how often that happens in telly and in yeah. film, really, where you get a glut of very similar things. Um, now, uh, looking at Saturday, there's a, uh, Gordon Ramsay's bank balance for Red Nose Day. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, the 80s with Dominic Sandbrook. Uh, yeah. He's done these sort of things before. It's a three part documentary, it is. isn't it? It's his BBC Two um, uh, tomorrow night. Well worth watching if only. Need to distract me from not having to watch something else that I really can't sit through again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 brilliant. Dominic Sam is very good, sort of popular, very accessible, sort of lots of clips from the eighties. So a lot of it's just pure nostalgia, and you just look at the clothes and the fashions and the technology and the, the phones the size of house bricks, etc. But also it's putting it in the context of what the seventies were and what the nineties were to become. So uh, yeah, it's very it's, it's very enjoyable. It's a, it's a great series. Yeah, these are good series. Yeah, he's done these before. So seven pm BBC Two on Saturday, Sunday, couple of things. Return of Top Gear, uh, yes. BBC One, eight pm. Yeah, the the, the the team are back for another series. A uh, little bit of social distancing going on, obviously. Mm. Um, the first one, I haven't seen any of this, but apparently they're heading to the Lake District for an emotional reunion with their own dad's old cars. Oh wow, which is a nice nice touch, isn't it? Nice twist. It's like been that. quite a family feel for Freddie this week. He did the thing with yeah, Jamie, yeah, didn't he? Earlier, he did, the yeah, DNA yeah, show. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah. interesting findings there. And uh, finally, John Sim he said yeah. he's loved playing this part. He said he'll play it for the rest of his life if he gets the chance. Answer Grace uh, as a detective, new detective. It show. is. It's based on the novels, Brighton-based uh, novels by Peter James, who's written several billion of them. So there's plenty of scope to play it for the rest of his life. <laughs> and you'll love it because it's, it's your manner, isn't it, Mike? Of yeah, but it's really distracting, as I'm sure I said. With uh, every time you watch something that's really on your doorstep, yeah. you're completely distracted by saying, "Hang on, if you come out that house there, yeah. you're not going to walk down that street there. <laughs> if you turn left there, he's two miles away. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've all done it, haven't we? When you know what's in the show, yeah, I know. absolutely." into it and uh, I love John Cena, one of my favourite actors I'll be watching the final of the great pottery throwdown I thought you might I thought you might he's a bit of an artist well yeah he is anyway uh, <laughs> so look you won't be watching you'll be watching Dominic Sandbrook instead of Brian I'll watch I'll it twice it. if I have to yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. We've got a little bonus clip for you now, haven't we, Andy? One that you spotted on the Fisherman's Blues. So uh, talk us through it. Well, Nigel was introducing uh, one of his guests and he really laboured the point about the name of the bloke's podcast. He's launched a new webs- uh, website, new podcast, two pints of maggots and a packet of hooks. I suspect he's named that after his favourite fishing, bro- uh, fishing TV programme, the sitcom, uh, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. There we go. Nice, neat little segue. Yes, it was, Nigel. And uh, so we, that's right. We've got the name of the podcast from the famous BBC Three sitcom. Right. We've got that now. Uh, what happened when you actually interviewed him? Two pints of maggots and a packet of hooks. Where did the idea come from? Oh, for goodness sake, where do you think? <laughs> it's a bit harsh. It's a bit harsh. He's asking the question. It may be, it may be from the song. 
<laughs> it may be from the song, okay. Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisp, please. In fact, <laughs> we will take you into the weekend with a few bars of that. But in the meantime, Andy and I are back on Monday with a Cheltenham preview. So listen in if you can. Ooh. We've got a lot of top guests joining us. And we'll have a load of live racing from uh, Cheltenham next week. So uh, until then, have a good weekend and thanks for listening. Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisp, please. Two Pints of Maggots and a Packet of Hooks. I'll have two parts of lager and a packet of crisps, please. I'll have some pickled onions and a little bit of cheese, please. Thank you. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.